Welcome to another episode here at the Midnight Founders Podcast. We're so excited to be with you today. This is AJ Rounds from Rev Road and Jake McCarg from CB Vault. Here at the Midnight Founders Podcast, we focus on telling behind the scenes stories for what makes a successful entrepreneur. We're excited for another week. Here we go. We're excited to be here today with Matt and Mark Packard, Good the chairman of the board and the current president of Central Bank. Welcome. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks for having us. And family to boot, right? And brothers. brothers. That's right. That's, right. That's, That's right. right. We've had a few primo golf, our brothers. And a cousin. And yep. a cousin. Mm-hmm. Is that the only other one? And then several husband and wife teams. Yeah. And yeah, we've had several family businesses in here, so this is great. Central Bank has been a family-run business since it started, right? 1891. Yep. It has. It has. So, and it's... Um, we are an expert at nepotism. <laughs> <laughs> I snuck in there somehow. My last name is not Packward, and I don't have any relationship with You guys with actually <laughs> put that word in the dictionary, didn't you? And well, defined it. <laughs> yeah. That's great. I personally, and I know a little bit of the story, but I know our listeners don't know all the story, and it's kind of cool because everyone drives by Central Bank and all the different locations and things all the time here in Utah County, but tell us tell us how the bank got started. I'm I'm curious. So the bank uh, started in 1891 in uh-huh. Springville. Actually, they were keeping gold in the Packard Brothers General Store uh, at the time, and uh, a group of businessmen got together, entrepreneurs got together, and decided to start a bank, and uh, got a bunch of people in the community uh, together and organized them, and decided that they were going to build a building. So the building that we're in in Springville is actually the original building um, uh, that they built in 1891, and. Uh, the Reynolds building across the street is its sister building. So they built those two buildings uh, in 1891. Um, they remodeled uh, the Springville office. I was going to say, uh, that's not the original. I mean, it doesn't look original. It, it, it doesn't look, because in the late 40s, uh, they decided that they needed to update the look of the building. So they took off the Onion Dome and they put ceramic tile over the brick and stone. And, uh, um, and it was a new building or a changed building at that point. So, But underneath that, it looks exactly like the Reynolds building, oh. uh, except that it's uh, uh, just one story shorter. Oh, interesting. Cool. So um, so Magleby's, or where Magleby's is now, that was originally part of the bank. No, no, that was, it was a department store, but the design of the Reynolds building oh. is very similar to the Carried original over. design of what was over at Central Bank. The Reynolds and the Packard's, obviously knew each other in a small town and the design itself was. You can go down in the basement of, of the Springville office and you can st- still see the sandstone mm-hmm. foundations. And uh, That's so. the same thing in the basement of Magleby's, right? It's that yes, same. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, That's cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know that um, there's another bank in Logan. I, will, I won't name the bank, right? But uh, it seems like they're really into that restoring of the old history and the old buildings and maybe that's in the cards for central bank too in springville i don't know we'd love to see that happen so Mm. eventually we'll uh we'll take a look and see if we can make it work cool that's awesome so it kind of got started because there was a need to store gold is that right yeah and you were focused they were focused on entrepreneurs um and helping kind of the local community yeah for sure and and uh, the gentleman there were principally five principals that started Central Bank, although there were a number of other minor shareholders. But uh, our great-great-grandfather, um, Mylon Packard, he was an entrepreneur. 
He he uh, built most of the railroad up Spanish Fork Canyon. He had a silver mine in Eureka. He ran freight um, up into the silver and gold mines in Montana and Nevada. He just They were just all over the place because they were great entrepreneurs. And so that spirit uh, certainly permeated into the original chartering of, at the time, called Springville Banking Company. And uh, those are the people that started the bank and uh, have supported orchard people and, and uh, cattlemen and uh, small business for a hundred and some odd years. So, so it was, it's in the blood and genes of, of Central Bank. And I'm hearing really steeped in the community, helping out the community and the local entrepreneur be successful with their, with their money needs, financial needs. Yeah, absolutely. And we've done it for a lot of years because uh, that's who started the bank and it's in our DNA. And, and we have to show for federal examiners where we place our loans. And you can name two or three counties around Utah Valley, and it's virtually 100%. A huge amount is, Mark can correct me, but 80% is in Utah Valley. And then you take in Salt Lake, Juab, and, and Wasatch, and you principally have 100% of all. So, we, so we, we lend to the local people. We take money from local people, and we lend it out in the communities and, and support, and that's really the bread and butter of Central Bank. And, and it's the, the lifeblood of Utah is that we have such a great spirit of entrepreneurship and, uh, and uh, driving small business. And we're seeing that even more with the Silicon Valley or Silicon Slopes movement and, and everything that way. And, um, you know, Jake here, awesome co-host, is also part of that that uh, movement and that feeling with entrepreneurship and kind of the new chapter that Central Bank is also opening up with the CB Vault. You want to talk to a us about absolutely. that a little bit? And uh, we, we appreciate Jake, and uh, he's doing a fantastic job uh, reaching out and uh, uh, making sure that we're there to be able to help people uh, to fulfill their uh, dreams and goals. Those financial dreams and goals um, uh, are important, and uh, we want to be there to be able to help people uh, get from here to there. And so that's one of the big reasons we decided to, to start this uh, project uh, and, uh, and start CB Vault, is to, be help, th- to help those entrepreneurs uh, get through that process, because it's not an easy process for entrepreneurs uh, at all, and uh, Jake's doing a fantastic job. Yeah, thanks. Uh, and I, I think the the reason that it got started initially was, um, Matt, I believe, maybe it was Mark, I can't remember, one of you had met Rev Road, and that kind of was the genesis of the idea that we needed to have a more strategic focus on entrepreneurship. Do you want to talk about that? Well, we knew Darren from way back. Okay, before Rev Road. Shout out to Darren. Before, before Rev Road. Darren. Yeah. And we had a great relationship with, with Darren. And uh, maybe Mark can remember how we got connected to Darren. Maybe Darren called us. I can't remember. But we, we had such great respect for Darren and, and his ability to, to really run a business and operate a business and do the right kinds of things. And, and, and to Darren's character trait is that he's just an honest man. When you, you deal with lots of people and they resonate character-wise, Darren, is, he, he just resonates with us because... He's an honest guy, and, and we love that kind of personality. And, and when you get into trouble with people that have that personality, not Darren, he didn't, but when you deal with people like that, 
is you always come out with the best solutions and how to, to resolve issues and challenges, and it's wonderful. And that's, that's really the opportunity. It's not a, this is not a mass market philosophy from a banking standpoint. It's a one-on-one, -on -one, it's a relationship-driven kind of a deal, and, and uh, you, you start people really, really young. And, and, um, and one other thing I wanted to mention is this is not um, an area that lots of banks do, and because it's very expensive from an overhead standpoint to do. I mean, they like to do the big deals. Why? Because they have the same overhead for one transaction at whatever, $50 million, and we've got the same overhead for $50,000. But it's in our DNA. That's who we love and we support, and we, we like to support the, the small uh, startup businesses, and, and they grow, and it's wonderful. And, and it really started, um, we got acquainted with RevRoad and, and began sponsoring some of their events over there and became more and more familiar with them and uh, what they were doing, and, and the relationship uh, grew. And uh, as that relationship grew, we took a look at the bank to try and see how we could help facilitate um, supporting uh, entrepreneurs even better than what we did. And as we looked at that, uh, we started this idea of um, uh, having an entrepreneurial center uh, to be able to help those entrepreneurs grow. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, part of the when they recruited me to come help them at the bank, um, they talked about this focus on relationships. Um, and how, you know, Matt, how you mentioned that you had built a relationship with Darren over years. And my dad's a customer at Central Bank. And he uh, got an SBA loan from another institution um, because for whatever reason, I don't know, there was some complication at Central Bank at the time. Um, but they put a requirement on him that he got, that he moved his operating account over. And he's owned a business in Mapleton since 1989. So this was like maybe the early 2000s. He goes in to Mapleton to close his account. And he walks in and whoever was managing the Mapleton office at the time was like, hey, Todd, how are you? Hope things are going well. What can we do to help you? And my dad said that he just like had this like crushing weight that he just couldn't do it. So he was like, I'm just here to the check guilt. my balance. The guilt, <laughs> the guilt was killing him. So he checked his balance. He left. He has a payroll account at this other institution and his operating account has stayed at Central Bank ever since. So, awesome. so they really are focused on relationships and that was part of the the you know, pitch to me is we want to take a step earlier with these companies and start to build a relationship with them as early as we possibly can and grow with them over time. And it's been really fascinating to see that the way that the bank treats their customers is that way. They build these relationships and then they're able to take steps with them as those companies grow. So I think it's a great business model. Um, it's the way that kind of businesses are run. I don't think it's a, the way that a lot of banks operate. It, it truly is a traditional community banking model mm -hmm. where you have uh, people in the offices to be able to handle all the needs of, of uh, the customers. Yeah. And uh, it is uh, the way that we like to, we, it's the way we like to be treated because we want to deal with people that we have relationships with and we want those that we uh, deal with the, to have relationships with us also. Yeah, and maybe I can add something to that, and that's exactly right. Um, we run the bank, we're not for sale. And so what it does is it allows us to operate the bank a little bit different than those who are for sale. 
and I won't go into the details, but you just operate. One's not any better than the other. It's just a different philosophy. And uh, when you're not for sale, you're not promoting yourself, you're just trying to serve the, the, the public, you don't care if you're this size or this size. You're just trying to serve the public and take care of them as best you possibly can. And that, that was that's the genesis for community banking. And there's lots of very large banks um, throughout the country who portray themselves as community banks. But it sounds good, but, you know, you run things different when you're a true community bank. So. Yeah, the, it's strong, local, secure. Those are the three kind of yeah, pillars right. that you make all your decisions on. Yes. Well, and I, and I love that. I think we, we can see that, in fact, um, Darren was on the podcast um, several months ago and actually mentioned how he knew Central Bank. And it's a really cool story. I don't know all the details, but uh, it goes something like they were at Imagine Learning. They were getting low on cash and they had to make payroll. And there was no one that would lend them money because they didn't quite have the reserves or the traction yet to show that they were viable. And he walks into Central Bank, and guess what? Central Bank, Matt, probably you, believes in him and said, hey, let's get you the money. And that saved the company, and from there, it's been a wonderful relationship ever since. And so that's, I think that from what I've seen, those are the relationships you guys foster and build, and, and people remember that, and they're lifelong customers with the bank. Yeah, really cool. and I'd love to take credit for that, but I'm quite confident it was an, an office manager that was that he was dealing with. And, and But the relationship is is the same, and... And uh, we want customers to talk to people who are the decision makers, which are the people in the office. And, and uh, it's, it's, um, it's, just, it's just proven very well through the years. So It's great. How quickly has the bank grown? I know there's, uh, you're getting ready to open the 12th branch, right? Mm-hmm. How has that happened really quickly in recent history, or has that kind of slowly grown over time? Well, it, it took us a hundred and... <laughs> 25 years to <laughs> to get to a, a billion dollars and uh, with uh, all the federal money that uh, was put into the system uh, we almost doubled in size uh, within a five-year period of time so wow. um, so if if you average all that <laughs> it, it 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 does and in a natural time frame uh, it takes a little bit of time uh, to grow but but for us when, as Matt said it doesn't matter it doesn't matter to us that growth, um, we want it to be organic, and, and we want it to grow uh, through uh, customers that are referring us from uh, their experiences with the bank. So it, it does take time, but and that's okay uh, for us. So I think when I started at the bank, it was thirty-seven million dollars, and when I left, and that wasn't very long ago. Well, it was, <laughs> <it> was <laughs> nineteen seventy-six, <laughs> and when I left, it was a billion. And five years oh. later, it's $2 billion. So Mark has just grown it so much faster. I know. Two X. Two X with Mark. Amazing what happens when go. they get rid of me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, but size is not the determinant. The only advantage size gives you is it gives you a little bit broader ability to do larger transactions for your customers because your customers grow. And they'll move from a $50,000 loan to a five hundred to a $5 million and and you want to be able to continue that relationship and be able to take care of them. So size is important in the sense that you're able to help people a little bit better and a little longer. So, so I love the the idea that you guys. Uh, a lot of companies have mottos and slogans, and and you know it's it's fun to say like, 
we're strong, local, and secure. But uh, but I've seen that you you actually operate the bank that way. And I heard a story about in the downturn of the economy mm. uh, when there was a lot of federal funding that was kind of pumped into banks that that you had the opportunity to kind of stand by that strong, local, secure. Uh, do you want to talk about that? Yeah. I'll, I'll Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was TARP. And at the time that the crash was going on, the government came up with a program in which they were going to inject cash or capital into the banking system to stabilize it. That's kind of the bailout system, It was system, the bailout right? of the but financial... In, this is back in 2009. Okay. Yeah, 2009, 2010. So the, the big recession. Yeah. Everybody was just so unstable. Mm-hmm. Most people were unstable. And so they said, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna stabilize the big banks. Well, there was such an outcry from the rest of the banks that they said, well, why them? So they came up with a program to help other people, other banks. And uh, I remember going to a seminar in Florida, and they said, you need to, everybody in this room needs to take this money. And we said, well, why? And they said, because the people who take this money, there's going to be a published list, and the public is going to look at that list, and if you took that money, the public is going to view you as being secure now, that you have the money, that you're more secure than someone else. If you don't take the money because you had to qualify to get the money, and if you didn't take the money then you were weak enough to where the government would not give you that money. That's how this presenter was saying. If you didn't take the money, you didn't qualify, you were too weak to get it. Sounds like an interesting sell spin to me. Yeah, well, (laughs) and and everybody was like, well, my heavens. Well, I knew we were strong enough. And so we went back and said, you know, I don't, there's no, we have to take this in order to, to show to the public that we were actually strong enough. We don't need it, but we're strong enough to get it because I don't want the wrong perception out there. So we got the documents from them, and the documents said this. They said, at the sole discretion of the federal government, we can change and alter any term or condition in this contract at our sole discretion and will. And I read that and I went, what? There's no way I would sign that document. So I talked to Mark about it and talked to others in the bank about it, and and they all said the same thing. There's no way we're going to do this. So we took it to the board. And our board, Mark can tell you, our board is a very seasoned board. They've got a lot of banking experience on that board, a lot. And um, so when I presented it to him, I said, this is what being advised to do but this is what the contract says this is our recommendation to you i mean they were swearing like sailors that (laughs) there's no way that we're going to do this and so we knew now we had a pr issue because we just were not going to sign a document like that so i called up and talked to uh, my friend at the fdic and said this is what we're going to do would you support us if the the media turns against us. Will you help us make a good statement on us? Absolutely, Matt, happy to help you. Called the state banking department, talked to them up there. Would you help us? You know us, you know our situation. We're strong, we don't need this. Would you be willing to? Absolutely, Matt, we'd be happy to help you with it. So then we thought, well, we probably ought to let our customers know. So I sent out this letter 
to all of our customers that explained this. And I did it in a way of trying to justify why we don't need it. I had no idea the response that we got, that we would get it. I mean, people were calling me up and giving me high fives and complimenting <laughs> me. And we're there he is at the grocery our, store. We're moving Still our money hello. to you. I can't believe you are so wonderful. I, it was like, <laughs> wow, this is not what I expected. So that was the story on TARP, and we never took it. So, And there were lots of banks that did take it and later on regretted taking it because of all these stipulations loopholes and everything. well they did end up changing their agreements and uh, mm -hmm. just made it more more and more difficult for the institutions that did an open-ended check to the federal government that sounds safe to me yeah right yeah. <laughs> yeah. <I owe> you. <laughs> yeah exactly well um <clears throat> love what you've built um and how you've how you've had that long-term vision the entire time my my question to you is where it's a family-run business how has that played into what the organization has become? And has there been any challenges with the family dynamic there in the banking system and how you've, you know, had that succession plan all these years? Tell us about that, the family dynamic. It's been, for me, it's been fantastic. And uh, we, we had some good role models uh, to watch because my dad and his brother uh, ran the bank before us. So we were able to, to watch how their relationships or their relationship and how they uh, worked with each other. And uh, um, Matt and I, uh, for uh, 20 plus years that we, we have and continue to work together, um, our relationship's been fantastic. And uh, it's not that we would always uh, agree on how to get things, how to do things, because our personalities are different and we will do things in a different way. But the end result and the end goals are always the same. And we think um, uh, the same way uh, about where we want to end up. Uh, so I, I couldn't work with a better person. And uh, it's been a fantastic relationship. Uh, he's my best friend. So it's been really, really fantastic. Yeah, and I just really echo that. The hardest thing about retiring, and I was thinking of this even the other day, uh, gee, I just really miss being around Mark because we just very, very good friends and very close. And, and he's an incredible banker. I'm, I'm, I think I'm an okay banker, but he's, he intuitively, he's a very, very good banker. And, uh, and, and another thing, and I'm not saying this to sound noble at all, but our, 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 our world is built on making money. That's the capital system. There's nothing wrong with that. But if Mark and I wanted to make money, we wouldn't be doing it the way we're doing it. We, we just wouldn't. There's more to, to life than just making a lot of money. Now, we make a good living and all that sort of stuff. But in 100 years, it depends on how you treated people. It depends on how you treat your employees, how you treated the public. And that, I'm not trying to make this sound noble, but it's the thing that, that we were shown from a, a dad and an uncle that they did the exact same thing that it wasn't about your personal wealth and being able to sit on a beach in Costa Rica. It was, you know, how do you treat people so that you can look at yourself in the mirror? And the integrity with which you do it, and uh, to be honest and, and uh, move forward with that integrity. Did you both know that you wanted to work at the bank, like, from an early age? Um, well, 
we knew the opportunity was there. But when I was a kid, man, I wanted to drive a D9 cat, you know. <laughs> I wanted to be able to, I'm a little guy, and so I wanted a big, powerful machine to kind of push the mountain around. And so, I mean, it, it and there was, it just over time, it evolved to where you could see. And, uh, and, and there's stories about how you eventually got here. But it's interesting is, is that, and, and Mark knows this, is that just because your last name is Packard doesn't mean that you get a pass. Now, that may give you the job, but your performance keeps it. And I've told, I've told family members, you can get the job because of your last name. I guarantee you I'll fire you faster than anybody else if you don't perform. And so we've just had such a great experience with it. And you know, I've got kids in. Mark's got uh, a daughter in, and they just—they're just good people. And and uh, but you know, with the last name, you just—you just have to perform. And I'm a little bit different. I—I I always wanted to be a banker. Crazy enough, uh, growing up, you know, you have a, those books about me where you um, fill out how many spoons you have in your house, how many doors, how many windows, and they ask you the occupation. And on that page, it says fireman, policeman. And uh, for me, I wrote Banker, and that was when I was five years old. So I, wow. I, I don't know whether that was something that I affiliated with going to the bank with my dad and hanging out there or um, that he had candy in his drawer, and I associated the, <laughs> the candy with uh, the fun times that you have with the bank, but uh, always wanted to be in banking. So for me, it's a, a dream come true uh, to be able to do it. That's Maybe that's cool. why he's better at it. Because by the way, always I, there is no there is no way that I'm a better banker than that. So. I get there, but it, he intuitively. <laughs> and and neither of you have done anything else but work in the family business at Central Bank. Oh, in, well, we well, did, we did other things. Yeah, you in, know, in high school, high I had school different jobs, and yeah. college, but okay. it eventually got to where, you know, we we both worked and and I started July of 1976 and and. Um, you know, that was just when I was in college. So before then, I worked on construction. I worked on a ranch. I worked in a grocery store. And, mm. so, you know. and I worked at, at a gas station uh, pumping gas and washing windows uh, all through high school. So. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Well, in the wake of, and I know a lot of our listeners will be tuned into this, but in the wake of the Silicon Valley Bank collapse and things of that nature, what, what thoughts went through your head and, and where do you stand on, on all of that? Mark, go ahead. You're... <laughs> wow. <laughs> Well, for us, uh, the way we structure our balance sheet and, and the way that we are, uh, with once again, with that strategic uh, vision of staying independent, we structure our balance sheet in a way to be able to be very conservative. We uh, make sure that our capital is high. We make sure that we have excess reserves and put reserves away in the good times to take care of uh, when times go bad. Uh, we keep ourselves really liquid and really short to be able to meet the demands uh, of our customers so that we have those funds when, when they want to withdraw their money out of the bank. So as you look at uh, uh, the situation that happened with Silicon Valley, it, it, it's different for um, each bank and, and how they're positioned and how they're structured. Uh, for us, um, it was a matter just to reassure our customers that nothing's changed with us. We're the same conservative bank that we've always been. Yeah, and that message has clearly resonated with the customers because I remember the day it happened, uh, we kind of chatted about it, uh, you and I, and, and I was like, do I need to like send an email out or like, do you want me to kind of get in front of this with the customers? And you were like, no, nah, I don't, 
I don't know that we're going to have that much pushback or that many concerns. I'd be ready to answer questions if they have them. And we never heard anything. Like, I, I think a few of the officers got a few phone calls, but there really wasn't much that came out of it. So the customers have obviously received that message um, with their relationship with you over time. So I think, you know, you guys have done a good job at kind of building that rapport. Yeah, and I, I think it also goes that if you're uncomfortable, you know, come in, we'll give you your money. It's it's fine. And and we're totally okay with we want you to we want you to feel comfortable. We're not gonna try to talk you into something and and uh, the philosophy is is that it's it's okay. It's okay. You need to have confidence in us and, and if you're a little unsure, do do what you feel comfortable and you'll be able to sleep at night. That's that's very important. So and and people you know the reputation and resonates with them, and uh, we we all through when I was when I was president during the the Great Recession, I never ever drove home wondering if we would survive ever never ever worried about that. I did worry about how we were going to handle this problem and that problem and how we were going to get through these challenges and that sort. Never once worried about whether we would survive or not. That just never even occurred to me. So when you operate a bank that way, that you don't get too far over your skis, you don't have to worry about things that others worried about. Silicon Valley Bank went way over their skis, way over their skis. And we can go into the details of it, but they were doing things that in, in 1983, the savings and loan industry went out of business because they, they borrowed short and went long. I mean, if you summarize it down to some simple basic principles, they just didn't assess the risk. That's what happened to the SNLs. And uh, we learned that lesson in 83, and that was not our balance sheet. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Well, it sounds like, you know, both of you have years and years of experience uh, working with entrepreneurs. Um, so as you look back over your career um, at all of the kind of experiences you've had watching people build companies and probably watching some of them go great, some of them not so great. Um, is there is there a specific um, advice or thing that you would share with entrepreneurs um, that are just getting in the, the game or running a very small company at this point? First of all, I admire um, them willing to step in. Because really, entrepreneurs are the lifeblood uh, of our country, and uh, they are innovative, and they have us progress forward and create innovations which make our lives better. So, first off, kudos uh, to them for for starting and being willing to start a company because it is a lot of work and uh, a lot of uh, effort. Uh, what are the advices for those that are ju oh, just starting off? Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, Mark, on this podcast, we call those the midnight founder moments when they're <laughs> up at midnight cranking away, yeah. trying exactly. to make it happen. Exactly. You know? And, and um, I guess uh, as, as you think about this, really what you need to do is build a team around you uh, and not necessarily employees, but people that you trust that you can go bounce ideas off of. Um, I know at the bank uh, we do that an awful lot as we we view ourselves as as um, innovative and, and try to do things uh, a little bit different. And as we do that, we you have uh, committees that you work with or, or people that you work with to be able to bounce those ideas off. So that would be one of the one of the things that uh, I would say 
get people around you that you can bounce ideas off of as you begin through the process. Because all of us are good at certain things, but we have weaknesses in other areas, and we're not always all good good at everything. And to be able to um, uh, talk to people that are good in those areas really can be really can be helpful. Uh, the other um, uh, thing I could uh, say would be. Um, is just to, to take it as it comes, and you're going to work hard, um, but sometimes uh, uh, you can grow too too quick, and that might be detrimental. You gotta you gotta make sure that your uh, income statement and your balance sheet support uh, the growth that you want to achieve, and just kind of take it as it comes. Sometimes when we push it and get a little bit grow too fast, uh, sometimes it can do as much damage as doing nothing at all. Well said. Yeah, and I, I mark it on one that I was going to hit on, and that is, uh, I'll say it a little bit, maybe a little bit different, is that you, you tend to think that you're, you know, you've, you've started this idea, you're really the uh, jack of all trades and master of none. And uh, you may have a great idea, or you may be a great inventor or so, something, but you just don't, this is why I love Rev Road, is because they bring to the table so many different areas in which you don't have good finances. You, that's not your forte, but you can tap into somebody who can and somebody who can and, uh, do advertising. I mean, there's just so many facets that help strengthen the core of who you are, and you get to pick so that you get some strength that's built around you. That, I think the concept is really wonderful to be able to do. And, and the second thing that I would say is that when all of a sudden you start to get a little success, Sometimes you get a little cocky, <laughs> and you think that nah, whatever never, never. <laughs> you think that whatever you touch is going to turn to gold, and uh, that's not always the case. In fact, usually it's not. That if you're really good at building this widget, doesn't mean that you can now go over and do something entirely different just because you were successful here. So, you, you, this, the art of humility in being able to 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 recognize that. You know, it can slip away pretty fast. is is pretty important. So, I love that, and and the feeling is mutual. I mean, we love working with Central Bank and all the wonderful things you guys do to help bolster entrepreneurs and and the support and the sponsorships and all the things you're doing for Rev Road and just the community in general is incredible. We really appreciate that and love everyone at Central Bank as well. Um, what's next for Central Bank? What are you guys looking forward to, and what are some cool things on the horizon? Well, I, I have one is that I want Mark to open up an office in Hawaii and I'll go. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I like that idea. <laughs> Remote work. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to go there to make deposits. <laughs> That's right. Well, I think uh, this summer we're getting ready to open up our uh, 12th office um, in um, Saratoga Springs. So that's exciting. And uh, Right there by Costco somewhere? Or? Right, yeah. Uh, okay. Right on uh, Redwood Road there in Pioneer go. Crossing. Uh, right in that area, and uh, uh, we're excited. We're excited about that, and really, we'll just continue to build our relationships that we have with our uh, customers of the bank. And uh, uh, it may sound boring, but from a banker's perspective, there's it is really a lot of fun to be able to see businesses uh, and individuals um, uh, come in and express what their dreams are, and to be able to watch it and to be able to be a, a part of it to help them grow and to be able to watch that. Uh, that's that's really why we do what we do. 
And I'm sure along that, uh, all those lines, we'll see some uh, growth with CB Vault and some cool things that CB Vault's doing Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and I would just add something to, to what Mark said is that, you know, we, we kind of in a society where bigger is better and grow, grow, grow and that yeah. sort of thing. And, and, and that's all important. Don't, don't get me wrong. Um, I've had so many people say, well, why don't you go to St. George and why don't you go to Salt Lake and why don't you go to Ogden and why, why don't you go to Hebrew? I mean, as far as growth with the As bank? far as growth goes, okay. why don't you do those things? Mm -hmm. And the answer is, yeah, maybe we will in time when we feel like. But Utah Valley has been so good to us. And hopefully we've been good to Utah Valley. I mean, I mean on the balance sheet now, you've got a billion dollars in loans, and most of them are in Utah Valley. And so it's been good to us, and, and hopefully we've reciprocated back to the people. And, and uh, so do we need to go other places? Sure, I imagine in time, and Mark may look that way, but uh, in the past we just have not had to do that. So. Well, I've been part of the team for 18 months, and it really has been a pleasure. I, I love what you guys have built, and, and I'm excited to be a part of it and excited for what the future of the bank bank is, and I'm excited to see what CB Vault can become because I think, you know, focusing on these these Utah Valley companies that are, you know, coming out all over the place, like it's so fun to see these ideas coming out of Utah Valley and the ecosystem that that is here, Silicon Slopes and all the the value that they provide. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to be a part of it. So thanks for joining us today. Well, thanks for having us. Yeah, really appreciate thank you. It. It's been appreciate fun to get it. to know the Central Bank story. Keep going strong. Thank you. Secure. Let me see if I remember. Secure, strong, and safe. No. Local. Local. There we go. <laughs> yep. Got it. <laughs> Love it. Thanks. thanks, you guys. Take care. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. The Midnight Founders Podcast is a podcast about entrepreneurship that is hosted by CB Vault and Rev Road. CB Vault is the entrepreneur arm of Central Bank. And RevRoad is a venture services firm where companies come to grow. Thanks for listening to us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is AJ and Jake signing out.